This is Sarah Lemon, author of the Whole Dish blog and food writer for the Mail Tribune newspaper in Southern Oregon. This podcast is produced for the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Media. You can find it online at mailtribune.com forward slash podcasts and read my blog, The Whole Dish, at mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. The latest post to my blog revels in one of my favorite simple yet elegant meals. It's so simple that students can afford it on just a few dollars studying abroad, as I did in France when I was in college. And it's elegant enough you could serve this as a dinner party meal or order it in a fancy restaurant. I'm talking about crepes, also pronounced crepes. (laughs) the United States. I adhere to the French pronunciation at the risk that people may not know what I'm talking about. But if you go to my latest blog post under the headline, Mushrooms Come Through in a Mealtime Pinch on October 18th, you will see a photo that tells you all you need to know about this dish. Tender, buttery, perfectly browned crepe filled with sauteed mushrooms, and grated cheese. It's absolutely delicious. It's light, but so satisfying. And this was somewhat of a companion to the latest A Fresh Approach column in the Mail Tribune's food section. That's by Jan Roberts Dominguez. And she posted her column on October 16th under the headline, Making Magic with Fall Mushrooms, acknowledging that there's lots of wild mushrooms to be had in Oregon this time of year, chanterelles being chief among them. It's a recent story in the Mail Tribune about how it's been an absolutely stellar chanterelle year. But most of the year, we're left with dealing with plain button mushrooms, the supermarket variety mushrooms, for many things, not least cost. But there is a way to make those mushrooms extra special, namely by sauteing them in lots of butter and adding onion and shallots and salt and deglazing the pan for a filling slash condiment, just delicious addition to so many dishes that's known as mushroom duxelle. That's something that goes absolutely perfectly seamlessly in an omelet and of course crepes. And so I acknowledge that in this blog post, but also posted a pretty authentic recipe for crepes made with simply sauteed mushrooms. Again, giving people the impetus to use mushroom duxelle that Jan promoted in her column in crepes. But if you're not going to go to that extent, you can make very, very simply sauteed mushrooms without the time it takes to sweat and caramelize for duxelle. Or you can make just the crepe batter and put anything in it that you like. Food writer for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, Daniel Neiman, touted this recipe several months ago in that paper as his sort of most memorable meal of a time in France. And I can certainly identify that. It certainly resonates with me because I had many, many memorable meals in France just eaten (laughs) street side, basically street food, crepes being chief among them. Actually, galettes as they're known in France, when the crepes are made from buckwheat flour. Daniel Neiman said that he experimented with that formula first and realized that the buckwheat crepe 
which is very earthy, kind of verging on a little bit of a bitter note maybe is not the best foil for the earthiness of mushrooms. And that buckwheat crepes are always sweet. They always have sugar, which was not my experience. In fact, I consider them the epitome of savory crepes. And to that tune, I posted a recipe on my blog way back in 2016 under the headline, Buckwheat Flour Makes Savory Crepes Complete. And that's a play on what's known in France as a galette complète, which has ham, cheese, and often an egg. I gave the recipe for buckwheat flour crepes that do not have sugar. There's no sugar in this recipe. I've prepared these. It works beautifully. And rather than reiterate the same recipe posted to my blog, which is a more straightforward, basic, all-purpose flour crepe with the sautéed mushrooms, I thought that I would give this recipe for the buckwheat flour crepe that makes actually what most people refer to as a galette. This batter is super, super simple, even more so than typical crepe recipes. It's just buckwheat flour, sea salt, and water, basically. A lot of crepe recipes, the one posted to my blog included, contain melted butter, sometimes milk. This one, it does need to rest, and that's to let the flour, because buckwheat flour is coarse fully absorb the water or it's just not going to work. It's preferable to keep it in the refrigerator overnight or for at least three hours if you're going to prepare this recipe. For galette complete, the batter calls for five and a half cups stone ground buckwheat flour. This is widely available under the Bob's Red Mill brand in most grocery stores. There are some grocery stores that carry buckwheat flour in bulk bins, but it certainly can be found under the Bob's Red Mill brand. And this makes a lot of batter. I have even halved this recipe, and the remaining ingredients after the batter is mixed up are to prepare one crepe, one galette, and then you repeat the process. It also calls for two and a half tablespoons coarse sea salt, two tablespoons butter, plus more for greasing the pan. There's an egg that goes into this. And so if you're making many of these for friends and family, dinner party style, you're probably going to want to have a number of eggs on hand. A half cup grated Gruyere or Conte cheese or another semi-firm cow's milk Swiss type cheese and two ounces of ham. It's good with prosciutto as well, but really any kind of ham is just fine. So it starts with the crepe batter. In a bowl, combine the buckwheat flour, five and a half cups, with the two and a half tablespoons coarse sea salt and four cups water. Mix until smooth. This takes a lot of mixing to aerate it and really get all that absorption and gluten development. The buckwheat flour, which is naturally not very high in gluten. So you're working it, beating in as much air as possible as you're smoothing this out. And bubbles should appear on the surface as this is happening. It needs to go in the refrigerator again overnight or for at least three hours until you're ready to make galettes.
So a word about how to make crepes and galettes. First and foremost, most people acknowledge the first one, the very first one in your pan is just going to be a flop. So just accept that fact, toss it out and move on. (laughs) It does not take a special pan. A lightweight pan is preferable. A cast iron pan would be a little bit unwieldy. I love my cast iron pans, but you need to be able to tilt the pan If you don't have a big crepe griddle and one of those little paddles that pushes the batter around, you're sort of relying on the batter hitting the hot surface of the pan enough to start to solidify as you are swirling to cover the entire surface. So it should be a lightweight pan, non-stick is fine, shallow sides are very helpful. And I often use just my fingertips, now granted, It depends on your tolerance for heat, how much you do that when you cook. But I find that trying to flip this with some kind of utensil leads more to just ripping the crepe. So I like to just very quickly loosen the edge with a palette knife, the kind that you use to frost cakes. And then once that edge is just loosened, kind of use the fingertips to flip it over. They they weigh nothing. They're effortless to flip that way. I happen to have crepe pans, which I love and I highly recommend, mainly because they make this process really easy if you are inclined to make crepes. Why should you make crepes? Because they're delicious and they can be used in so many ways. I think of them as like a richer, more tender, delicate tortilla. And you can make a whole batch, use up a whole batch of batter and keep them in the refrigerator between sheets of wax paper for days, or you can freeze them in between the sheets of wax paper, then fold it into a Ziploc freezer bag. They freeze beautifully. So I would highly recommend them. And the crepe pans themselves are not that much. I just went and searched online again tonight to refresh my memory. I've had my set for more than a decade at this point. They are the classic brand that a lot of people associate with crepe pans, DBA. They're made in France, but they are so affordable. They cost literally $19.95 on Amazon, I saw, to $25 on Williams Sonoma's website. They're made from steel. If you go to DBA's website, the line is referred to as mineral B, but they're most often seen in the United States as just French steel crepe pan. I have a six inch and an eight inch, and I love them for toasting spices and toasting nuts as well on the stovetop. The surface is just perfect. I use them to make a Chinese style omelet, which is essentially an egg crepe that's folded up and cut into spirals and incorporated into egg and noodle dishes that I've mentioned in my blog and my podcasts previously. So consider getting crepe pans. They're, again, very, very inexpensive. They're very easy to care for. I don't really spend any time washing mine. Of course, they're seasoned like a cast iron skillet once you've been using them, so you don't want to put them in a dishwasher. You can wash them with very light detergent. I just wipe mine out with a paper towel, and they stay perfect. So they make this process, this recipe, a whole lot more fun if you look into buying yourself, again, very inexpensive set of crepe pans. So back to the recipe for the galette complete. 
And this can be found on the archives of my blog at blogs.e7oregon.com forward slash rogue hyphen valley hyphen food. And the easiest way to search the archives, it, you can enter in the search field at the top right hand side of the page, CREP. Not that many entries will come up. In fact, I think this is the first one that will come up. Or you can select by year from the drop down menu on the right hand side of the page under archives and select January 2016 page all the way down because they're posted in reverse order and this one was from January 6th. So once the batter for the galettes has rested overnight, it's time to make the galettes. When you take the batter out of the fridge, it's going to be very, very stiff, almost kind of like a sourdough starter consistency. So add an additional two cups water to the batter. Bring it to room temperature before you're ready to make these for at least an hour. If you got to rush it a little bit and you forget, it's okay. If the batter still seems thick, add a little bit more water. And if you really want to make a super, super, super smooth batter, you can beat in an egg into this. But the egg in the recipe actually is to fry and eat wrapped inside the galette. This recipe yields batter, as I mentioned, for many servings. It's very traditional in France to have a really wide crepe and fold it up into a rectangle. I don't have quite that big of a pan. It's only eight inch, my biggest one, as I mentioned. So I like to make two. I like to make two and almost like quesadilla, put the ham and the cheese and the eggs kind of sandwiched in between the two crepes. So when you're ready to make the galettes, heat a crepe pan, as I mentioned, or a round cast iron griddle or a shallow sided frying pan. When the pan is sizzling hot, just wipe a little bit of butter on the surface. It's easy to do this just with a paper towel. You don't want a lot of butter and you don't want a ton burning on the surface because you want this hot. Pour two thirds cup batter onto the pan. Again, depending on the size of your pan, you may need to adjust the quantity. That's why making the first one is often kind of a flop. You may discover you need more or you need less. If the crepe doesn't cook through quickly, you have too much batter. Again, you want this to be thin. It cooks almost instantaneously. Pour the two-third cut batter onto the pan and swirl with either a wooden spreader, as I mentioned, easily obtainable if you're going to spring for the crepe pans, or by tilting the pan, which I think is kind of fun. So the entire surface is covered with batter. Then spread the batter with half of the two tablespoons butter. Break the egg into the middle of the galette, spreading the white around to separate it from the yolk, and then add the grated cheese, a half cup Gruyere or Conte or other Swiss type cheese. Then top with the ham, and that's two ounces, more or less, depending on your preference. Again, the directions are to fold this into a rectangle and let it cook for three more minutes. I like to have already made one crepe and set it aside and put that on top of the ham, cheese, and the egg, like quesadilla style, as I mentioned. Cook it for three more minutes, approximately three more minutes, and you can flip it, it to brown the other side a little bit more if you care to do that. Spread the outside with the remaining butter. That's another tablespoon of butter. This is a rich dish. I'm messing around. That's what makes it so good. 
and serve hot. That makes one galette. So repeat that process with another two ounces of ham, another half cup cheese, another egg. This is also really, really delicious, although some people might say this is heresy, with a little bit of sauerkraut or a little bit of some other kind of pickled vegetable folded into it or very, very thinly sliced and sauteed apples. I love that pairing of the ham and the cheese with the apple, particularly this time of year in the fall. That recipe is adapted by the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette from Crepes and Galettes from the Briege Cafe by Bertrand Larcher. And you know that that's authentic, even though it has no sugar, contrary to my other source who contributed the recipe for my latest blog post, Mushrooms Come Through in a Mealtime Pinch, which has a very delicious recipe for Parisian mushroom crepes. And that was posted to my blog, The Whole Dish, on October 18th. Find that post at mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. Thanks for listening to and reading The Whole Dish.